I'm your host, Riem Zin Labidin, and you are listening to Tech Tag Podcast. Today, our guest is Paolo Baena. He's a backend software engineer. Paolo is my former colleague and he's a very friendly person. He has an inspiring journey. So now let's meet with him and learn more about his journey. Hello, Paolo. I'm very happy to have you here and thanks for accepting the invitation. Welcome to Tech Tech. Thank you, Yem. Uh, it's very nice for us to talk again. Yes. So you can introduce yourself for the audience. Who is Paolo? Tell us some fun facts about you. Sure. Let's see. I'll try not to make this as a technical interview introduction. <laughs> I'm Paolo. We work together in Germany, right? So I was living in Germany between 2016 until 2022. I moved here to Portugal, but I'm originally from Brazil. I've been a software engineer as my whole career since 13, 14 years ago. Time flies, right? Mm-hmm. And I started my career in Brazil, uh, moved to Europe, started working with um, different technologies here. I think we met on this company that uses the Scala. So this is what I've been doing and working this last six years or so. What can I tell about me? I Your hobbies. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, my main hobby. My main hobby <laughs> is uh, spending time with my son, Daniel. He's four years old. He's a lot of fun, has a lot of energy. And that gives me a lot of energy as well because I need to keep up with him, right? Yes. Um, other than that, I really enjoy dancing. So I've been doing dancing classes for the last six months or so, which I I used to do in Brazil, but then I stopped. I'm back to it again. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting because I used to play the drums when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I realized how dancing is also another way to use not only music, but your body, which is the instrument Mm -hmm. uh, on dancing to express yourself through music, right? So back then was the drum. So it's a physical um, instrument that you interact with, but dancing also another way to express yourself through music, which has been a really fun thing that I've been doing. And I also love traveling every now and then when I have time, I like to go to new places, uh, meet people from those places and learn more about their culture, which is, Mostly the things I like, like food and also music and also anything related to how people live. Nice. Um, You mentioned that 13 years ago you started. How uh, did you get into tech in general? Was it like because of your education path? And do you remember what was the inspiration that made you choose this path? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a very good question. I was thinking about that the other day. I started like crawling back in time in my mind and seeing where where did this start? And some things that I remember, I was, I don't know, around 11, 12 years old. My father, which was also an engineer, he was an electrical engineer. And I also am by uh, my bachelor's was in electrical engineer, even though I went to software after that. And he bought this uh, PC, this 486 PC, 
was the 90s. And I really found that fascinating, right? In the beginning, it starts with games, but I remember having my, my DOS terminal and learning about commons and start digging that and being very interested about how that machine worked, right? Back then, maybe you're going to sound that I'm really old, but back then there was not even internet, at least nothing. It was not so common, right? And I remember my first experience with the computer was playing with PBS, which was bulletin board systems that one could host their computer. And then you would like with a fixed line call that computer with your your computer with your modem and establish a connection. Uh, probably some people remember those screeching sounds when that was the, the way to communicate via computers to connect, right? The handshake to start a connection. And you have like message boards, some small games. You could upload files, download files. It was very rudimental comparing to what the internet is now. And that thing was uh, catching more and more of my attention back then was really, I used to spend the whole night calling other BBS. You have to to know the number of the, 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 the BBS, right? To call it, there was no Google-like search engine or nothing like that. Then I got my first contact with programming. I remember my father worked for this uh, Brazilian telecommunications company. It was a state company. He was a researcher and developer over there. Mm-hmm. And he used to bring books for me. Uh, The very first language that I learned was Pascal. And then after that, C. And I was fascinated about writing programs that could do stuff, like building very silly, but things that would solve maybe mathematical problems. And then I remember having this math teacher when I was in the seventh grade. I was 14 years old. And. I was always very interested in math and we he started also teaching me a bit of programming, which is funny because how, when we start learning something, how passionate mm-hmm. we are about that, right? And yeah. those, those memories are very like, emotional memories for me. Learning from my father or from this teacher was a very good influence for me. And I think that's where it started. Um, then it was a natural path for me. I maybe took a bit of detour because, like I said, I went to study electrical engineering mm, yeah. because probably influence of my father as well because he was working as a telecommunications company and we talk about a lot about that, about his work. And I also wanted to study te- telecommunications. So in my uh, bachelor's, I studied more like how uh, waves propagate on cellular antennas and on mobile communications other than software, computer science and things like that. But just as I graduated and started working, I already went to work to this, uh, on this telecom project, but it was already software. The software was already growing a lot and dominating things. And your first job, how was it? Have you directly find out what exactly you would like to do? Or it is like you find uh, an opportunity to work with everything? How, how it was exactly? Yeah, 
I think back then it was a good match because it was telecom. It was building software for these telephony exchanges. It was for Ericsson. So uh, they, they, they had a soft switch uh, telephony exchanges, which related to telecommunications and protocols and things that I got interested to, to study in university. But it was also software, which was uh, something that I was passionate about in my teenage years, right? So it was very compelling to me, my first um, job, because it united those those two things that I was uh, was interested to use that I was a student, per se. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long you worked there? Maybe two to three years. Yeah, I think it was about that. It was all these uh, young people who just coming out of university. I have still very good memories about it because everyone was new. Everyone was uh, wanting to learn. And at the same time, it, everyone was very young, fresh out of university. So we all, I made great friends that I still uh, am in touch today. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of them was my network connection per se that bring me to Germany, right? So he was uh, moved to Germany. He, we were still friends. We we're still talking. And that's how uh, my, my connection that um, opened the doors to come to, to Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. Some years after that, even I think it was nine to eight years after that, after my first job. Uh, so you continued uh, working in Brazil after that first job, but then later with the connection you got uh, recommended to work in Germany. Yes, yes. And that's where I started with Scala. But yes, I worked more than I moved to work with mobile phones, Android, which was also something quite new back then. I worked both for LG and Samsung. But what we used to do is customizing the, the Android framework for Latin American countries. And do you remember the challenges that you had faced that you felt you need to deal with or you have to avoid or like things obstacles yeah i think some of them we still need to face it through our careers right Uh, one thing for example i was not a computer scientist but i was starting to work with software so in the beginning i always felt this uh, imposter syndrome We, we had all this other uh people that came and study their whole uh, bachelor's specifically about computer science. And I didn't, uh, I always felt, okay, maybe I'm, I'm a little behind here. But as you start working and uh, you see that you're able to, to do all the things that other people are doing and you, you learn and then you see it's fine. But I think this is something that on a personal level is a bit difficult to manage, right? Yeah. And I think... With over the years, uh, the the tech and when we say tech, uh, it's like software uh, became more and more attractive to to workers, right? So a lot of people uh, changed their their careers in the background. I know yes. about people that were lawyers or other type of professionals. Um, engineers from other areas that uh, switched to to software and. I believe these other knowledges, these other experiences are very valuable. I, I think uh, here, it is, this is a tricky word. 
heterogeneity, which is having all kinds of background, mm -hmm. uh, different ways and not everyone having the exactly the same background. It's really important to foment lots of things, uh, different ways to, to, to deal with a problem, to tackle a problem and other ways of thinking about how should we organize our work or how should yeah. uh, to bring uh, different questions to to places where when everyone's is very similar from a very similar background this could not arise yeah you're right it's a really good point because if the people have the same perspective they will miss many other angles uh, to to solve the problem and it's very valuable to have this different knowledge uh, and i think programming is accessible it is like it is possible to become a programmer whatever you have studied and your background I think uh, many people are realizing this. Uh, I mean, the culture, the old-fashioned companies uh, who are interpreting the CV uh, in like just in the document level and not in the personal skills, how they are capable to work with the team and to solve problems and the way of thinking. Um, and it will change. Still, tech culture is very, it's oriented in within some certain values like right we this there is this image of the the developer being very individualistic and super skilled and that can work uh just by himself but reality is is, is quite different from that right uh, when you need to build something which is bigger than what one developer can do you need to collaborate and and mm -hmm. yeah I think this is a big issue on software development and software processes and so on. How can one make people to collaborate well in a culture that values a lot this individualistic, super skilled developer, let's say, right? I remember bullshit uh, terms like the hero developer and the 10 times <laughs> developer, stuff like that, those PR things to to sell whatever they're trying to sell. At, in real life, in real software projects, uh, collaborating with people is the most important thing. How well can you do things with others and how can you build big things trying to, to communicate well with your peers and to make things smoother, right? In the end, what we're trying to do this this, this whole business, what we do, we, we, we transmit and transform data, right? Yes. And this is also valid to our relationships on as developers or with other parts of a, a business, with, I don't know, people that work on product and try to transmit these this ideas and information to us. So focusing only on the very technical aspects of it, I think it's not so productive. We should also take care about how we transmit and transform this, this information on higher levels among us developers and also among our organization. And it's difficult. And the places that I work that I like the most are the places that people were doing a good job to communicate on those levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, an important skill to have. Also, even the person is very skilled technically, sometimes they cannot be a good fit 
when becoming opinionated maybe or something that makes the team blocked or maybe makes the product doesn't satisfy exactly the customer and this is why like we need like a human understanding also not only being becoming like a robot uh, uh, because of our skill yes definitely because uh, as i see right and this is changing and definitely has changed since i started working but these cyborg-like creature, which sometimes the software developers idealize. It's, it's very far from reality, right? People, we are human beings. We have to deal with our feelings, how people see us and how uh, our work is perceived and how well we are collaborating to build stuff. And those are a lot more about how we relate as human beings and friends, right? And I, th I think I've been very lucky because most of the environments that I work, I felt like that. Our environment that you feel that you're working with your friends, yeah. people that you can trust, people that uh, are there to help and collaborate. And I think this is very valuable, this way of managing teams and try to do these team building activities, which is pretty much hanging out and having fun with your friends, right? Uh, this yes. is just becoming friends with people that you need to work with every day. And I think this is the best way to, to build a good environment to work with. Yeah, I think it's important. Otherwise, people will have like barriers. After working in uh, different companies in Brazil, it was uh, towards uh, mobile development or how? What is it? Yeah, so I worked on this um, R&Ds for Samsung. And I, I was in Samsung back then, but... What I used to do is to customize the telephony framework for the Latin American countries, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of bug fixing involved in that. There was a lot of field testing, which means getting a couple of prototypes of a new phone and going on field and testing with the carriers, right? So in the real live networks and see if you find bugs and stuff like that. Or do you need to customize because uh, those uh, networks had some specificities that are different from other countries. We tweak the software to, to make it work smoothly. And I was a bit ambivalent about how I felt. Uh, it was fun because I had to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. I could travel whole Latin America to run those, uh, to work together with the testers on those uh, field tests and to also be there to, I don't know, debug any problems or already patch the software and stuff and so on. But again, I was not really building anything. It was more about just adjusting things. Mm -hmm. And I was really interested in going back to building things and really writing software and things from scratch. Then I started to look what was going on. Um, I think big data was the, the big hype of that, that year. So mm -hmm. It's those map and reduce operations using parallelism and I think that's how I got in touch for the first time with Scala actually not actually it was my friend in, in Germany that pointed me to that because he would work on Scala but then I I think it was around then I said okay but, but why why is this being used and why it's uh, being so trendy and that's how I started study a little bit I did this um, interview with a company in, in, in Frankfurt which I had this connection. And that's how I, I moved to Germany, started working with Scala, which was very different from 
what I was doing before. It must be like a big change besides starting building software and uh, new language, etc. Also a new country, a new language also and everything. Yes. Yeah, for me, it was like starting my career again. It was uh, starting from scratch. I had basically no experience in that, mm -hmm. yeah. or at least no uh, professional experience in, with that technology and also uh, with uh, web development, which we're, we're doing back-end development. And um, yeah, it was, it was a big shift, but I think it was good. I really enjoy the path that I took. I enjoy a lot more building things. Like I said, I think the very first contact that I had with technology was programming. And since then, I was uh, passionate about it. And it was nice to, to go back to be really writing, writing software. And during that time, like if I imagine it from my perspective, it's scary because you are going to start uh, something new and also in a different country. What makes you keep going? So maybe someone is listening and having the same situation. How, like maybe you can share about your experience on that. Sure, of course. Um, I think it's, it's a challenge, right? Uh, yeah. And now talking a bit more about moving to a country which the culture is very different from mine right brazil and germany has very different culture and that reflects on the work environment as well i remember a couple it was a small company and had some problems of course as every other company and it was very different in the way that people handle those those problems than how i was uh, used to in Brazil and in Samsung, right? Samsung is a huge company, has a very top-down hierarchy. And in a smaller uh, company, especially within the German culture, which I think people are more directly mm -hmm. when, when addressing problems and discussing those, this direct style of communication was something new for me. And the challenges there were huge ones. But I think it was a valuable lesson to be to just say what what was going on and to to work on, on this smaller uh, company where the hierarchy was not so so present right in samsung for example you have your manager then you have some director and then have some vp and the way that things are is already set you don't discuss so much how the work is being done and it was really important and i think it was very valuable for me to improve the way that I communicate and feel, feel more comfortable saying, I don't know, things that bothers me mm. in the company. But uh, regarding the, 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 the moving and, and the culture and how to adapt, this is really difficult. And I think I, I was lucky because there were friends at this company. So like I said, it was a, a friend that, a connection that uh, made me, me uh, find this, this role and things were a bit easier due to that. But I see time and time again, people that come from one different country to other, which the culture is very different, that uh, don't have friends or it doesn't adapt to the culture, that they just um, give up, go back. And because this impacts everything on our lives, right? It's not only about the work, it's about uh, 
your friends, uh, the things that you do when you're not working your life. Uh, so it's tricky and have been able to connect, to have friends, people that you trust that can help you guide in that process. People that already went through the issues that you're facing now. And this is super important. And I think especially when Germany is a country that hires lots of people from other countries, right? And yeah. I see this more and more as a, as a concern. Uh, how can I hire this person, but also how can I make it easier for them to integrate, to be uh, feel a bit more at home, not only at work, but also in other aspects of, of their lives. Yeah, I think also like the way how the company would offer the relocation package and also would offer to attend some language classes like German classes or something I think it is helpful for uh, integration and it will show the culture of the company that they help people to integrate and they are uh, inclusive also to show the culture of the new country in some way yes uh, definitely and this is very important stuff and it, it, it makes sense business-wise right your company is spending some some money and to hire this person and it has a interest to for this person to adapt be happy and to to continue yes. right yeah exactly um and then like when you started the job in germany and how did you progress in your career I, I really liked it was a big shift for me. So from just adapting and patching and integrating software, I started uh, writing a lot of code and learning a lot, progressing a lot. I think I was really lucky to be working with Scala and to get there or to take advantage of the concepts of this language and of functional programming and how more pleasant it was to write software that you can can trust when you read the type signature of a method, right? Mm. There is no hidden things on your functional code. You read that and you know what it's doing. Yeah. And uh, then I started to, to work more, to move into the more functional uh, aspects of Scala, start uh, using CATS and then learning Zio and using those effect systems become really enjoyable to work and to write complex code that uh, needs to deal with uh, concurrency and makes it uh, easier to reason about yeah what you're trying to do. So I think I was very lucky. Uh, it was a bit by chance that I started working with that technology, but I still do it up today and I quite enjoy. Yeah, it's very important that you are enjoying what you are doing. This way you get motivated to learn more about it. After the company in Frankfurt, you moved to Leiventand or... No, then I went to work in a company. I moved to Hamburg. So, mm. but back then I was um, was getting married, and we thought about uh, what could be a good city in Germany to live in. And cities like Hamburg and Berlin was easier to find jobs that you could do with speaking English, right? Because yes. I was not proficient in in German, and also would be easier for my partner back then. So I ended up looking for jobs in Berlin and Hamburg. I found this uh, job in a company called Credit Tech, which was digital lending. It 
was a very cool experience because it was a big transitional phase for the development team. So they had lots of contractors, all of them left. It, then it was just a couple of people left, me and a friend. And we started trying to take on the work that was being done and trying to complete what they used to call the new architecture platform, which was the, the usual thing, right? They used to have this old platform and a monolithic architectural design. And we would like to make it a bit more breakdown in microservices, make it scalable and all the things that involves, uh, you know, work like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company ended up being bankrupt, which was very interesting because it was a big surprise for most of people. It was unexpected. It was, I think that was also the, the, where the, the pandemic started. So it was a lot of uncertainty. It was difficult to see or feel confident about what was coming next with the pandemic starting and so on. And yes, then that's where I joined um, Live Intent and that's where we, we met, right? Yeah. Before continuing about the next job at Live Intent, I think it would be valuable to know more about how you dealt with, uh, like, because now currently uh, I hear a lot about layoffs, for example, and many people are struggling with this, that suddenly there is uncertainty, like during these days since COVID and the war and like many factors in the beginning when you face that situation and to go forward like there needs like some hope and more motivation to to continue the journey right yeah it's a, i think it's a good question right it's always then no right when things or the, the the job market as it's going now starts to get a bit depressed and uh, there is a lot of uncertainty going on it's difficult because we we live in times where we are very individualistic about our careers, right? And this, I think, on tech was also because the job market was very good for for tech workers in the last 10 years or so. So we didn't feel the need to be more cooperative, not only within our works, but also within how we work together Mm -hmm. on uh, as tech workers, right? So the tendency when things go bad is to feel very alone and feel a bit helpless. I think at the same time, the job market is still pretty good for tech workers, especially software development has a lot of demand. I think things are, are shifting a bit. So there is a lot of tech layoffs that happen on, on the big companies like Twitter, Google, and stuff like that. But now, and this is something that I reading and I found very interesting mostly on the US so other fields other industries like retail or agriculture they can now start hiring uh, tech workers which they couldn't uh, two years ago or one year ago and I think a lot of this shift can start to happen and not only the tech companies do all the tech stuff I think we can maybe we can see more and more other industry starting to have their own tech divisions other than simply uh, contracting the the big ones to do their tech work. Uh, But in a personal level, yes, it's difficult. And again, um, 
this individualistic way that we see our careers and 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 handle our uh, careers makes even more difficult. So being able to have connections, to have friends, to to share your concerns and to be able to to have also support from them, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, totally. In case of layoffs, also, and um, it is a common problem, and people talk about it together and try to figure out and try to deal with this issue. It's helpful to know that it's okay, you can keep going and look for other job, and there will be uh, many opportunities out there. It just psychologically, it can be difficult, especially for those who are starting. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. I think uh, I remember when when Credit Tech went bankrupt, and in in my team we had this uh, common spreadsheet of uh, job openings uh, with Scala, and we're helping each other and just uh, talking about uh, how the interviews went, and it made it a lot easier to to deal with it. Even though it was uh, back then, the the job market was way better than. Than it is now, so I think everyone was quite confident that uh, we could would find uh, new new jobs quite easily. But still, mm-hmm. this this kind of uh, cooperation and support was 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 very helpful. That's true. After that, when you got the job at Cliventant, are there some learning experiences, and how did you progress during that time? Yes, uh, definitely, I learned a lot at Live Intent because I believe the, the engineering solution, the tech stack, it was very mature or at least very mature comparing to my previous company. Getting more depth knowledge about everything that involves a distributed system, right? Uh, or the the part of uh, monitoring, how do you scale your, your services? How do you observe them? How do you orchestrate them? And all these things were something that I started working with Credit Tech and we had lots of issues trying to, to improve. We did a lot of improvement, but it was all new for us. Working live and then having to get in touch with way more mature uh, tech stack and deployable solution, it was very, very good for me. I believe the engineers that I worked on, on live intent was very high. I could learn a lot with them. And of course, mentioning you, William, I learned a lot with you. And it was for me, on, if I talk only about the tech side of things, was the, the best company that I work. I could learn a lot on that. It's really good to hear that. You are collaborative and you are from my favorite people uh, in life and uh, we work it together a lot and we pair together and I learned from you. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I really liked pairing with people and with you, it was always fun times. We did some work, but we also had fun, made jokes. And yeah. It was always a pleasant experience. It's good to mention also about remote job. Uh, was it your previous job before, like live intent? Was it remotely or like only later this concept of remote job started to appear? Yeah, yeah, no, it was only after the pandemic started. And But my first like remote 
job it was live intent yeah and it was also valuable that sometimes when uh, there is this team building or team events when we gather together it it makes uh, the team more close etc yes i think that is super important and uh, in the beginning i remember i always oh that would be my my dream way of working just staying home and but after the the, the pandemic started i started to feel pretty lonely right you just seeing faces over your screen but where's the real human connection here mm-hmm. and then i started to realize i really missed being with people and i still like my focus is to work remote first but being in an office sometimes seeing people doing this what uh, people like to, to 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 describe as team building activities, but it's just having fun with your friends and yeah. getting your your connections to be deeper and to actually learning about them. It, this is super super important, yeah. and I think this remote work. I I hope that it grows and doesn't go back to that way that everyone needs to be at office. Uh, but I think people also need to, to, to be together sometimes. I don't think people love that much being alone and at home. Uh, what people don't like is to commute and uh, waste uh, half an hour, one hour, two hours every day. And that's, I think, is, is, is the compelling part of, of the remote work. But being together with friends and, and having this these connections are, are also important. Yeah. If it will always stay this way, that there could be a flexibility, etc. It is better than going back to 100% going to the office. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you on that. Indeed. Like even after I moved to Porto, I still worked a bit, right? At live intent with you guys. And then I joined another company. But most of the time I was going to this co-working space here uh, in Porto where I live now because I missed uh, having people around. I missed uh, stop uh, stop working for a bit, having a break and have a coffee, talking with someone. I did friends there, which was nice. So uh, indeed, it's it's the flexibility, I think, is the, is the sweet spot for it. If you want, uh, want to work from home, it's fine, but every time that you want to, to meet your friends, come to office, uh, have lunch together. I think it's also very important. Yeah, it also increases uh, the productivity because when the person is comfortable with uh, like the environment they are in, they will be more productive. I, th- I believe that um, like everyone has different character, different way of handling uh, pressure or stress. Yes. This is why it's better to to have the flexibility and so the person know that they have to be productive so they know their way of how they can be productive. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, that's, I think, uh, a bit about what we're talking in the beginning, right? We are humans, we have issues, we have emotions, and we have all that uh, unique characteristics and each one is different. So what can might work for one person might not work for the other one and being ready to accommodate that as a team as a uh, let's say here a self-organizing team and 
understanding what your peers need and how they are and it's 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 very important and that's why uh, going back to our get-togethers and uh, spending time together is also important yeah exactly and then like after you moved to porto and you started like new other challenges would you like to share like some of the learning experience there and where are you now like in um, your career yeah well the reason that i moved here i think also connects with a talking pot that we had earlier which is how do you feel at home mm -hmm. when you move to another country right and yes. I, i i lived five almost six years in germany but i was really not feeling that comfortable as it was my home and uh, we decided to move here to portugal which is both i think geographically and culturally the middle of the way between germany and and brazil we're on the western tip of uh, europe um, there's the language is the same even though they are a bit different from brazilians but also way more open than than people in in the north of Europe, right, in Germany, for example. I think that's where I, I try to, to accommodate some personal needs, which is to live in a place that is sunnier, that a place that uh, I feel more connected, mm -hmm. uh, that my, my son will also be, be happier, maybe. He quite yeah. enjoying the sun, he quite enjoying going to the beach, he quite enjoy uh having friends that speaks uh, uh his language and yeah and and i try to accommodate that with my career so i i shift into being a contractor because most of the work within scala are pretty much within the uk and probably netherlands and germany and try also to to accommodate that that has been a remote Uh, contract rights because mm -hmm. that's I'm living here now that's how how it made sense it's been good I think it was very important uh, for me and I think I'm feel more happy more I don't know it's things has has improved a lot in my personal life since I, I made this decision and moved here mm -hmm. but yeah um, talking a little a little bit about what I did next I I As a contractor, I started working with uh, this Dutch slash Kenyan company, which they do this platform for small farmers in Kenya to do financing and providing agricultural products for them. This was really interesting. I, I traveled to Kenya uh, last year and went to the fields and went to meet the agents that work with our application. And uh, this is one of the things that I really love about our uh, work. When you see people actually using the tool, the, the thing that you created and, and having feedback, right? Yeah. This is something that sometimes as a software developer, we don't uh, get the chance to do that much, right? To have real customer feedback, to see how they use, to see how it's being interacted with whatever we were building. 
And as I said before, I love traveling. I love going to to different uh, new places where the culture is, is very different from mine. So it was great. I really enjoyed the time there. It was super cool. Yeah, I can imagine it's interesting experience. And uh, what is your current state now? Are you working in a company or what is what is going on? <laughs> There is the good part and the bad part about being a contractor. I think this flexibility has a bit, a bit of both. So my contract has finished. It was uh, after one year. And now I'm I have time, so I'm just taking some time off, relaxing a bit. It was a difficult, uh, a bit stressful year, moving um, personal stuff. So now I'm taking some time off, uh, just now starting new, looking for a new uh, remote contract role here from Portugal and planning for what's coming next for the next year. But yeah, like I said, uh, being a contractor has this flexibility that you can stay a little bit, taking your time and not working and then resuming your, your work or your career after you're, you're ready. And uh, as you are looking for a job, what is exactly you are uh, looking for? I hope that people who are working in uh, companies who are hiring, they can uh, find you a good fit for uh, their company. Yeah, it's always a challenging time, right? To find something that works both for you and also for the company mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to to join and find this fit. It's, I think it it must be done with uh, attention and, and with care. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm living in Portugal now. This is my brand based. I'm looking for uh, contract roles, which makes more sense because, like I mentioned, most of the projects are in North Europe and it needs to be remote. I love going and meeting people on the office. I think even after I moved to Porto, right, we did that a couple of times. Yes. We met at uh, the Berlin back then. I did the same uh, on my last company. So I went to Amsterdam one time. I went to, to Kenya. But basically, I'm looking for a remote contract. And I would love to continue working with Scala. It's, it's been a great career after I moved into, into that technology. I believe I learned a lot. And I think there's still a lot to, to learn um, and to, to contribute using that. Yeah, and also you have different knowledge about like AWS services and... Uh, the infrastructure, etc. Ah, yes, yes. These days, it's about the cloud, isn't it? Yes. Your future company will be lucky to have you. I wish you good luck. Thank you, Ian. You're very kind. Thank you. So to wrap up this awesome interview, I would like to ask you, do you have like something that you wished if you have known earlier like is there like something that you would advise your younger self yes um i don't know this might sound really chilled and relaxed advice but the first thing is that it will all be fine right mm -hmm. everything is going to work out if you put love into whatever you're doing so don't worry so much just go and do whatever you are passionate about doing i think 
The second thing is people are nice. People are really nice. I Maybe it could be anecdotal, it could be my experience, but I mostly work with very, very kind and nice people on software. And I believe this is a this is a true true statement. And that makes me trust people when I join a new environment, a new company. But in the beginning I was always had my my concerns about how people is going to, to be, how going to perceive me. So one. And a third one is related to that is that everyone has a bit of uh, imposter syndrome. Everyone mm-hmm. sometimes don't feel that confident about what they're doing, feel that they're being judged, feel that they are, I don't know, not good, which is not true. This is just how our mind works. So it doesn't mean that knowing that are going to not make you feel a bit of imposter sometimes but it will help you to remind that you're not and that uh, things are going to work out. Yeah, I like all of the advices that you gave and I hope uh, also many people will learn and get inspired by your experiences. And I really enjoyed talking to you. It's very nice to see you. Thank you, yeah. I can I can say the same. And this was super fun. Yes. Yeah, I'm really happy that we did this talk. Me too, and thank you for your time. I wish you all the best. Thanks, Vivian. Likewise. See you. See you. I'm looking forward to our next episode with a new guest and new inspiring story. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned to our next episode. Tic Tac, tackle the inspiration.